Elvis did a great job. Welcome aboard, everybody. Brother Joseph. Hello. Hello, my friend. Let's do a sound check. How am I coming through? Praise the Lord. Good. All right. Praise the Lord, brother. Happy New Year to you, my friend. You too, Brother Shannon. Praise God. It's great to be back with you. And folks, uh, we are excited to be back now with a new schedule. Started last night, the 1st. We're on Monday through Friday, every night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we're doing the international shows uh, during the day on Wednesdays. That'll be uh, just for Germany and England. But uh, back Two on the PM schedule. Until showtime. Excited to be back with a, a new broadcast schedule here with Pastor Joseph Cohen. He's got our Tuesday nights at 7. And uh, special guest tonight is going to be Betsy Pelletieri. Let me patch your in, Brother Joseph. Amen. Okay, let's see here. Stand by just a second. I got a little bit rusty, and so give me just a minute, and I will have it done. Oh, yes, here we go. Stand by. Folks, our website, omegamanradio.com. You've got a couple ways to listen now. Live, mix, LR, or on our IceCast server. So check that out, omegamanradio.com. Sister Betsy, uh, welcome aboard. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year. It's so good to be here again. It's great to be back with you. One minute until showtime. And I want to go ahead and make sure our system is working and I have you all patched in. Okay, we've got you. And uh, stand by. We're going to get started now. Here we go. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. That's the cue I'm waiting for. Love Talk Radio. We are live. And folks, you can also listen on our new blog talk number. Uh, it's been active for about six months, but the, when I say new, it's uh, 515-602-9734. And uh, welcome aboard. Brother Joseph, would you like to open us in prayer? Sure, Brother Shannon. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to come uh, once again, Lord, and to bring truth, Lord God, to a sin-sick world. Father, we bind the hands of the enemy. We come against Satan, the demons, and powers of darkness. Lord, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Loose all these airways in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus against you. We come against any curses, hexes, jinxes, vexes, spells, witchcraft against Brother Shannon, myself, Sister Betsy, our families, and anybody listening uh, now or uh, in Jesus' name. We we break the powers of darkness in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for the anointing on Sister Betsy, Lord God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for filling her with your presence, your power, your anointing, Father. And we're believing and thanking you, Father, in this new year that you have a word for us to hear. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, um, God bless you, Sister Betsy. Uh, it's yours. And... Uh, uh, Brother Shannon, we're going to be taking communion later on after Sister Betsy speaks. Fantastic. So, folks, if you want to join us, uh, have your grape juice or wine, your cracker, your bread ready, and at the end we'll do communion. Sister Betsy, welcome back. The mic is yours. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, it is really good to be back. And uh, as usual, my main topic, the main subject is always called The Goodness of God Toward Us. And the subtitle that I gave tonight's teaching is Freedom to Believe. And the more I get into God's Word, the more I get 
amazed at the magnitude of the simplicity of it. And those two words don't even seem like they should go together, magnitude and simplicity. But but that's what the Lord has really shown me over and over again, that this word has come to us in all manner of simplicity, because that's what God wants. He wants us to receive his word as little children with childlike faith. And... Um, his God's eternal purpose was to have man in the image and likeness of himself. That was his and is his eternal purpose. And this was his thought at the very beginning, which we, I, we don't know. I mean, the beginning, we don't know what that really means. You know, God does not have a beginning. But for lack of a better word, I'm going to use the word beginning. In the very beginning, um, he had a thought. And the power of God's thought is just that. It's powerful. And I, I read in Isaiah 14.24, it says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. And that's who our Heavenly Father is. He thinks something, and it's powerful, and it's good, and it's magnificent, and he brings it to pass. And, you know, we, we have no problem. Believers have no problem even so-called unbelievers, actually, have no problem believing that God created the heavens and the earth. We have no problem believing that God delivered Israel from the bondage of Egypt through the hand of Moses, through signs, miracles, and wonders. We have no problem believing that Jesus died and was resurrected. We, we simply believe what God's Word says. But why do some believers pick and choose what they want to believe? Because all of God's words are true, all of them. And we can relax in God's word as believers and take rest. He uses that word rest in, in the truth of what he says. We could rest. Our souls can rest in what God says. And we're in a spiritual battle, and we do have to know that. God's Word tells us we're in a spiritual battle, and God has declared us to be more than conquerors. Now, I was thinking about that, too. Like when, you know, some countries go to war, and they are the, the victors, they win, they win. Well, he says that you know, I mean, we're not just winners, and we're not just survivors. And I hear that word a lot, too, with, from um, people who uh, has cancer that is in so-called remission. Um, I mean, God, you know, when doctors tell people that they're in remission, what they're, what they're really relaying to that person is not what God calls remission. Hmm. But when the doctors say, oh, your cancer is in remission, what it means really to the person hearing it is, oh, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, laying, laying down, hidden, you know, not raising its ugly head at the moment. But the word remission in God's word, like we have remission of sin, that means Literally, to I looked up the word remission, to send away, you know, gone. So the world's definitions and God def, God's definitions are totally different. And all of God's words are true. And that's why I'm saying we could really rest in what he says. And we are in a spiritual battle. And he declares us to be more than conquerors. So I realize that more than, like the people with, the, with cancer, whose cancer goes away, 
I hear them say, oh, I'm a survivor. No, that's, that, that is making it too, um, it's not good enough to say I'm a survivor. We are, we're more than conquerors. And when God heals somebody of cancer, it's not making them simply a survivor. They're more than conquerors, and that's, that's an identity that is so much more powerful than saying, I'm a survivor. And so what is more than a conqueror means not only winning the victory, winning the battle, but walking away with the booty, you know, like, and, and in God's word, I have seen many times where God has led people into battle and told them, take the goods, take the goods and rejoice in your winnings. And, and that's what the Lord does for us. He makes us more than conquerors. We can walk away and, and have the booty, so to speak. And, um, you know, he was, Jesus Christ was the blood atoning sacrifice to reconcile, to bring about God, his fathers, to bring about that eternal purpose, to reconcile us back to God. And the only way we can be reconciled, any human can be reconciled back to God, is to be cleansed from our inherited sin nature. And there are people out there in the world who do not believe that they are born with a sin nature. You know, well, first of all, because babies are born with such a cute little package, they're so cute, how could they possibly have a sin nature? But God's Word says we inherited it from Adam and Eve. We actually do have a sin nature. And the only way we could be reconciled is by the atoning blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is true salvation. It's not like being reconciled back to God is not, and a lot of people think this too, it's not a matter of modifying our behavior. And that's what a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists and, you know, people in that philosophers, that kind of profession, they believe that, you know, if you do good, you will be reconciled to God. But that's not what God's Word says, you know, because we cannot get God's approval and enter into His kingdom with a sin nature, because that's not who God, God would not allow that. But it's not like he's kicking anybody out either. He's making it available for who, all of the whosoevers to accept the free gift of salvation. And that this is true salvation through Jesus Christ. He cleanses our heart from sin. That's what he does. He cleanses our heart from sin and, and delivers us from the power of darkness. And he says he has, past tense, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's in Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13. And, but do, do we believe this? How about this? Do we believe what he says in Jude one twenty four, and that says, and I quote, God is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now, I looked up that word faultless. He is able to present us faultless. That means without blemish, without blame, and without spot. And the only way we could be presented like that is if we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, this is something, when I was reading this verse, God is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now, I was wondering, who's the one with the exceeding joy? Is he talking about himself, that he is going to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy? 
or us. I believe it's both. He joys and rejoices over us with singing, the word says. So imagine we accept the the free gift of salvation and Jesus gets to present us before his Father with exceeding joy. And he's like, look, Father, look, your heart's desire. I, I have brought it to you. And those who walk in the grace of God are kept by the power of God. And that word kept, I looked that up, and this is so cool. It means to be hidden. And it says, um, those who walk in the grace of God are kept by the power of God through faith. And that's in First Peter 1.5. Um, and it says that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, for you, talking to us who believe, for you died when, when Jesus was hung on that cross, crucified, our sin nature was crucified with him. And Colossians 3, 3 says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we're talking about freedom to believe. That's what he has given us. What is it that we have freedom to believe? What is it? When, when the angel Gabriel told Joseph, the future husband of Mary, and I'm going to quote, that which is, because he had his doubts. I mean, here she was telling Joseph that she's pregnant, and he knew that he didn't have relations with her. She knew that she didn't, and she told him what happened with the angel. And he's, he was a little doubtful until the angel spoke to him in a dream and said, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And that's in Matthew 1, verse 20 and 21. Our great salvation, it's not about, it's not salvation from hell. That wasn't, that wasn't what his thought was. Everlasting fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. But many men and women will be judged by Christ in that day and cast into that horrible place. It's a place for sinners and rebels as well as for devils and demons. But Jesus came. He suffered and died to save us from our sin. And there is no other salvation available. And Romans 6, 6 says the Apostle Paul gives an absolute statement and he says, knowing this, so if he's saying, like, knowing this, he wants us to know this, that our old man, when he talks about our old, he's talking about our old sinful man, the, is crucified. In order to retain what Christ has done for us through his death, we must continually trust in Christ that our old man of sin is truly crucified with him. And um, it's, it, it's by grace that this is so. But it is so to everyone that believes. Yes, I mean, God's promises to us are absolutely staggering. They really are. But they're, they're no more staggering than what God promised to Abraham and to Sarah I mean, think about it, how old they were. They were well past the age of childbearing. They were, their bodies were as good as dead when it came to re reproduction. So will we be like Adam or will we be like Abraham? And God calls our unbelief. Now, this is pretty heavy, what I'm going to bring forth now. God calls our unbelief an evil heart, and that's in Hebrews 3.12. Actually, 
This is exactly what God says. He says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And who, who is the living God? He is, his word is the living God. And he says, exhort one another, build each other up daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of unbelief. And, you know, it, it's a dangerous thing to not believe, actually, it really is, because it's like our unbelief of God's word is basically like calling God a liar. And because he sent his record of his son and what his son has accomplished. And, and, and what is that record? That record is Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, who came into the world to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, everlasting, eternal. He's all about eternal and everlasting. I mean, he, God, <laughs> in the garden, he's the one who who basically invented all of the concepts that we have here on this earth right now. Like, if in the garden was the first time a lie was told, where the serpent lied to, to Eve, that was the first time a lie was brought into manifestation. It was the first time fear was ever brought in. It was, the, it was the first time shame was ever brought in. I mean, God is the one who brings everything that we know about into existence. If it wasn't for their disobedience, there wouldn't be any shame or, or hiding from God or a, a self-consciousness. All of these things, these concepts happen in the garden and God is the one who is the concept maker of eternity there's no getting away from it there is such a thing as everlasting righteousness and there's such a thing as everlasting damnation and the only way people are going to hear about that is through God's word and that's why we have to tell people about it. And, and this record of truth, Jesus said, will make those who know it free indeed. And in John, in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, he was saying to, to people who were believing and to those who weren't believing, he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, I want to just bring something to your attention right now. He says, the truth shall make you free. Do you know how many times I have heard it misquoted by people saying, the truth shall set you free? That's not what he said. And I want to tell you, there is such a distinction between the word set and the word make. And I'll, and I'll explain that to you. And most Christians do misquote this as the truth shall set you free. And the word says that whosoever commits sin is the servant or slave of sin. So someone, picture this, someone could set a slave free. But his master could always bring him back into slavery as long as he is a slave Many prisoners are set free from prison, but most of them soon return because they are still slaves to whatever it was that sent them to prison in the first place. So when Jesus said, you shall be made free, the word used was, the truth shall make you free. So let's read this in verse 31 of chapter 8. Of John, 
Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be, you will be made free? And Jesus' response, because God's word cuts through all the baloney. Jesus' response was, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So what, what's the context of this? Free of what? What is Jesus making us free from? What was he telling them? You could be free. And Grant, you, you see that they didn't argue with him. I mean, he cut right to it. If you are, if you are a sinner, you are a slave of sin. And they, they didn't dare argue with him and say, "Oh, we're not sinners," because uh, there was another instance where that happened, which I won't go into right now. But so, free from what? What's the context of this? Free from sin. That's what he's talking about. When we take Jesus at his word, it, it is a heart issue. It, it's always a heart issue. It's not an intellectual issue. It's not a mind issue. It's not that at all. It's always a heart issue. And God declared that he was going to have a people who have the law of God written on their hearts. Now the law the law that Moses received from from God himself who wrote himself with his own writing on the tables of stone, that law was good. It was very good. It was designed to bless God and to bless man. But it was also a mirror to to show mankind their sinful nature and God in his divine nature caused the great reversal because what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh like oh man it is it God's God's foreknowledge and his wisdom it blows me away because he says it very plainly, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, right? He came in a body such as us humans have, and he sent him on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, that is. Now, our human flesh was not a good conduit, so to speak, for God's righteousness to flow through because, because of our carnal mind. Our carnal mind is hostile against God, and that's what God's Word says. Our carnal mind is hostile against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. <laughs> but we who are believers in, in his holy transformative word, we are not, he says we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in us. And how do we know the Spirit of God dwells in us? When we believe that Jesus Christ was sent to take away our sin, and we believe that God raised him from the dead to manifest his power, when we believe that, then the Spirit of Christ dwells within us. And when I say it's like... A, like 
Electricity, okay? Think about electricity. Electricity has certain elements that is a good conduit to have the electricity flow. Like water is a good conduit for electricity and metal is a good conduit, but like things made of rubber is not a good conduit. And, and this, is, this is like an example of what God was saying. Our flesh was not, man's flesh, this body of flesh was not a good conduit for his righteousness. And so if Christ is in us, it says the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, the great reversal is the law of God is in our hearts, and we believe that he has caused his law to become become his promises to us. Like when I, the, like the law, okay, take one for instance, thou shalt not kill. I, I rejoice because of the great reversal that he, that God caused through Jesus Christ. I take that as a promise because of the new nature that I have. He's saying, thou shalt not kill. I'm not going to kill. It's a, I take that as a promise. I take all of his words as promises. Because he, what he promises, he is able to deliver. And this, this is God's grace and mercy that his promises are to be taken literally. A, a work that God has done in our hearts and the working of his amazing grace takes place in our hearts. And remember Jesus saying in Matthew fifteen nineteen, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. That's where evil thoughts come from. It comes from our heart. Out of, he says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts like murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. But even before he said that, um, he said this in Matthew 5.21. He said, you have heard that it was said. Now he's referring to the Old Testament, the law. He, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But listen, what he says, he says, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. The same thing he said of adultery. Jesus said, if one looks at a woman to lust for her, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I mean, that, it's a hard thing. We cannot walk in God's righteousness unless we have a change of heart. And the only way we could have that that transplanted heart is to get a new heart is through Jesus Christ. And our righteousness comes from believing in our hearts that God has truly made us a new creation through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, whose shed blood, his atoning sacrifice has dealt with our sin nature. And, and, by this amazing work of grace, we stand firm in this liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And in Galatians 5.1, it says that, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And in Romans 10.9 and 10, it says, it's with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So God tells us to be renewed. Where? In the spirit of our mind. Because our mind is carnal. <laughs> and we have to renew 
our mind according to what God says. He says in Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? When we renew our mind to what God says, that's how we prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, we have to be renewed in the spirit of our mind and that we put on in our mind the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And that's in Ephesians 4.23. God's divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Second Corinthians four six, I gotta read this. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, which is an uh, think about that. It was all dark, right? Complete darkness. And he commanded light to come out of that darkness by how? By his word by the power of his word. And it says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. Why? Why? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of God is in the whole being of Jesus Christ. Like, you know, we know when Philip said to said to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father, this person that you've been talking about. Show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And what was Jesus' response? Have I been so long with you, and you, you're still saying, show, show us the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's what he was saying. And... So the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who has called us to glory and virtue, that's, that's the knowledge. We, we could only go un, un, unto glory and virtue through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by what? By the promises by, the pro- by these promises, we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. His, when we believe his promises, I, I don't quite get it. I don't understand how it works. But I know that when we believe his promises, it is equal to... And the same thing as abiding in him. And that's what he wants. He wants us to abide in his word. And when we abide in his word, when we, when we dwell on his unbelievable, exceeding great and precious promises to us, at that moment when we're dwelling on God's awesome promises, we are abiding in that moment. And that's why it really truly is a moment by moment walk with him. I mean, of course we all have things that we gotta do. We have to work and we have you know, do things and, and our mind of course is set on what what we have to do. But but truly, basically, our life, our true life is hid in Christ, in God. And as much as is in us, we bring our minds back to the reality of who we are in this earth. We are just pilgrims passing through. This is not the reality of who we really are because remember his eternal purpose was for us to be dwelling in union with him on a perfect earth and that's what he's going to be having us do. I mean, his promises are amazing. They're so big that he says we we can't even he says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think so you 
I mean, everybody thinks, you know, about what they might want to be doing in heaven. It's fun to think about those things. And yet he says it's beyond what we could even think. So as great as your imagination might be taking you in the realm of the heavenlies, (laughs) it's going to be way beyond what you could even think or imagine. And that's what he says. And when Jesus, okay, there's a story, right? Okay, I got to tell you this. After Jesus was resurrected, right, his disciples were really bummed out because they didn't know what was going on. And there was these two guys, two of his, two of his disciples were walking on the road and they were going to a place called Emmaus. And Jesus kind of pulled up to them by foot and said, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they said to him, what? Are you the only stranger here in town? You don't know what's been going on, how Jesus was crucified, and we thought that it was him who was going to settle everything that has to do with Israel, and everything was going to be great. And and they said, and 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 also some of the women made us astonished by telling us that he was raised from the dead and he's alive. And they were they were walking and talking amongst themselves and reasoning. That's what the word says. They were reasoning amongst themselves. You know, the old mind reasoning. What the heck is going on? And they didn't know it was him. And. So after they started griping and complaining, he said to them, Oh, ye fools and slow of heart to believe all that Moses and the prophets has, have said. And he said, he did, he said, Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And he did, he did tell them that he was going to suffer things and that he was going to die and that he was going to be raised on the third day. He did tell them that. But while they were walking on the road, he started beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things that were concerning himself. Now, let's stop here just for a moment, (laughs) because I want to tell you something. While he was walking on the road, he was talking about the things of God. Even that, like Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of everything that was written in the word of God in the Old Testament. He was the fulfillment in so many little details and while he was walking on the road with them and talking to them about the things of God and in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen, it says you shall and he and he fulfilled everything and it says you shall teach them to your children to discuss the things of the scriptures while you sit in your home, while you walk on the road, and when you retire and when you arise. So Jesus was actually fulfilling that that also while he talked with them. So, okay, so let's finish this portion of the good news here of the gospel. So in verse 28 of Luke 24, and it says, And they drew near unto the village where they went. And Jesus made as though he was going to just keep on walking, um, but he knew what they were going to do. He knew that they were going to invite him in. And uh, But it says, but they constrained him, saying, abide with us, come in the house with us, because it's getting late, it's toward evening, it's getting dark, the day is far spent. So he did. He went in to hang out with them and to have supper with them. And it says, and it came to pass, as he sat at supper with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And he, they must have had, they must have had like a, um, 
like a photographic, you know, like flashback or something of him breaking the bread and praying because they they experienced that with him at the Last Supper. And and it says, and their eyes were opened, and they knew it was Jesus. And what happened? What happened right then? He vanished out of their sight. And they said, now, think about it. If that was me or you, I think the first thing out of my mouth or your mouth after he vanished out of their sight probably would have been something like, holy moly, did you see, did you, what, oh my gosh, what just happened? He vanished out of our sight. But no, no, that's not what they said. They said, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the way and while he opened up the scriptures to us. The word of life was being opened to them firsthand. He was revealing who he was to them, that he truly was the risen Messiah. So God's desire for us is to enter into his kind of rest, not the taking a nap kind of rest, which refreshes the body, but rest for our souls, our eternal souls. And the book of Hebrews 3.13 tells us to exhort one another daily while it is called today. And today, what is today is today, right? And that's what we're doing right now. We are exhorting one another with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're exhorting one another, building each other up while it is called today. And why? Why are we doing that? It says here, lest any of us be hardened through the deceitfulness of unbelief. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. He has given us the confidence because we stand on the rock, on the word of God. It's immovable. We can have confidence in his word. And he says that if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as they did in the wilderness. For some, when they heard, did provoke the Lord. And he says, but with whom was God grieved with for 40 years? Who was he grieved with? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? The simplicity of believing. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And it's the same thing now with people hearing the gospel of good news, hearing that you have been invited into the kingdom of God and his dear son will, will not bring you joy unless your hearing is mixed with believing, right? If you put sugar in, a cup of, in your coffee cup, in order to get the essence of the sweetness, you must mix it. And that's what, what, oh, what we hear. We have to mix it with believing. We live into the possibilities of God's exceeding great and precious promises with the hope that is freely given to us. He wants us to hold fast to the confidence, and he says, and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. The hope that he has given us, we have, as you know what it's like? God says it's an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Hope is not something that is seen. God has given his children the legal right and the liberty to believe in the hope of his words, which is his power, 
When Jesus says, go in peace, we can go in peace because his words envelop us with his peace. We can walk in the grace of his words. The entire universe operates on language, and that has been established from the very beginning when God said, let there be light. The heavens and the earth were made by God's words. And these same, listen to this, these same heavens and earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and destruction and loss of ungodly men. How that that's a heavy thing, but it's that same word that's keeping this earth and the heavens right now. The sun goes comes up, the sun goes down. The moon comes out, the moon goes away. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all being kept until the day of judgment. And God has made a way for us to escape by by a free gift. So Thus saith the Lord, praise the Lord, that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, powerful teaching today with Minister Betsy Pelletieri. Welcome aboard, folks. Brother Joseph, back over to you. Praise the Lord, Brother Shannon. And a very powerful teaching, uh, Minister Betsy. And we uh, pray that if there's someone out there that needs Christ in their life, that they're just uh, listening uh, for the first time, um, that um, the Bible says, what is a prophet of man to gain the whole world uh, and lose their soul? Or, or what would you give for your soul? So keep Jesus away from your life means not only um, that you'll be um, a fool, because... Um, thing is is that Jesus is the only one to fill the void. He's the only one that has peace. He gives you an inner peace, a joy, a contentment um, that the world and its pleasures can't give you. And uh, and then, of course, um, and he has a plan for your life. And then uh, rejecting Christ and the salvation means uh, eternally damnation and um, forever. And uh, God doesn't want that. So ask Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins. Uh, you're whosoever, as Minister Betsy said. And um, that will start your, your walk with the Lord. Your sins will be forgiven. And um, you, when, when you do die, you know you'll be with the Lord. And um, anybody else who's a believer here, we pray that the word of God that went forth would... Um, Resonate in your spirit, man, in Jesus' name. Uh, that um, that will be a food for your soul tonight, and God God will bless it. And that uh, you can um, you can hang on uh, very very tightly that God's word is true. As Minister Bessie says, same God that spoke heaven and earth and everything in it into existence is the same God that you pick up and when you read the word. Holy yeah. Spirit, through men and women of God, um, bring forth uh, uh, great things. And uh, we thank God for uh, the book of Ruth, and we thank God for people uh, like Deborah, the judge, and we thank God for God using many women for his purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's take communion, Brother Shannon. Let's do it. Folks, we're going to read from a scripture. I'm going to read from a different one this time. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. So when we take communion, we're remembering what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and I on the cross. He laid his own life down. He didn't have to, but he and the Father loved you and I enough, and they knew it was the only way 
you and I could ever be reconciled. And he offered the ultimate sacrifice, his own life, his blood. He rose again on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. And if we believe on him, repent of our sins, we can be saved tonight. So when you take communion, you're meeting the Lord at his table. And uh, you want to uh, make sure, if you're going to take communion, that you come ready to meet him, meaning you repent of all your sins. Don't come with sin. Better not to take communion. Just like it's better not to make a vow to the Lord than to make one and break it. He'll hold you to it. If you come unworthily at the Lord's table, you can suffer judgment. Some have died, actually, because they just came haphazardly. They didn't believe. But you don't have to uh, keep from taking communion if you just repent. You can come and take communion, get the benefits from it. Some people have been blessed. Some have received deliverances, amazing testimonies. And as often as we do it, it says we show the Lord's death till he comes. That's where I'm getting to. Final thing I want to say is uh, it's a dress rehearsal for meeting Jesus. If you say, well, I'm not ready to take communion tonight. Well, are you ready to die tonight? Because if you were to die tonight, it's over with. There's no more chance to repent. We need to be ready to meet Jesus at all times. Just like Prophet Scott Lathrop was ready to meet Jesus. He died three days ago. We're going to miss him, but we're Mm. going to see him again. But he was ready. Mm. We need to be ready at all times to meet the Lord and if you're not ready tonight, then you know what you need to do before you go to bed. So if you can take communion, you're ready to meet Jesus. Uh, Brother Joseph, over to you. Amen. Well, when we do take communion, uh, when um, we drink the cup uh, of his blood, we say, Hail to my King Jesus uh, three times in honor of the Trinity, and then Hail to our King Jesus. Those that are taking communion worldwide as a body of Christ. And believe God for miracles as you take communion. Believe God. And uh, that also he builds up your immune system. Believe God. Uh, Coming against all the um, viruses and whatever stuff's out there, that God will build up your immune system. And anything that the enemy throws against you, your body will die. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech olam, hamotzi lechem min ha'oretz. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who commands us to eat bread from the earth. Father God, we thank you for your broken body, Lord God, which, oh, Father God, is a um, promise that you've given us in your word. And the promise is that that represents physical healing, Lord God. So we thank you, Father God. By your stripes, we are healed. We were healed, are healed, and will be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, that we can take communion tonight and declare if we know of any sickness in our body or if there might be any sickness that we don't know of that's in our body. We just curse it to the root in the name of Jesus, command it to die, and command it to lose hold of our bodies, the blood of Jesus against you. So thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, amen. Let's partake with the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ and believe God for what you need in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who commands us to eat, drink fruit from the vine. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to my King Jesus. Hail to our King Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's power in your blood, healing in your blood, deliverance in your blood. Faith in your blood, hope in your blood, peace in your blood, joy in your blood, love in your blood, mercy in your blood, and great grace in your blood. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. We thank you, Father, we're white as snow because of your blood, Father. Father, you threw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, 
and you remember them no more as far as the east is from the west, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for our sins forgiven, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that the blackboard is erased, Father, through your broken body and shed blood, that we are sinless, Father God, in Jesus' name. Before you, no sin held against us, Father. We are, uh, are, we are white as snow, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We partake with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ for his glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Uh, Sister Betsy and then Brother Joseph, will you give out your contact information? Tell people how they can reach you in your ministry. Well, you could call me on my cell phone, and that is 518-368-9374. Or my email address is, <coughs> I'll spell it, my first and last name, B E T S. Y P E L L I T T E R I at Gmail dot com. Fantastic. And Brother Joseph? Amen. Um, yes, well, uh, you can watch uh, Brother Shannon actually and Sister, Sister Betsy uh, on my, my YouTube channel. Yes, uh, they're both on there. I interviewed them, uh, and we asked you to subscribe. We have over 350 testimonies of people coming to Christ. Um, so you could just um, put their name in and uh, put forward slash new hope uh, in the Lord. And uh, you could watch two great testimonies and have a playlist there. You could hit playlist. There's over 20 different categories that you could choose from, from um, the toughest person in the, uh, to come to Christ to those that just came to Christ and were religious. Everything's in between what, um, what they have there. Um, so, uh, and also have a, uh, a um, website. It's... Uh, NewHopeInTheLord.com There's a lot of good things on there. And uh, if you'd like to support us, we appreciate it. We thank God for those who have supported us in the past. If you have Zell, it's Rev.Joseph at AOL.com and PayPal, it's PayPal.me forward slash Cohen, C-O-H-E-N 727. Fantastic. And, you know, Brother Joseph, I think we're overdue for a new program. We probably did that one four years ago. Let's do a fresh one this year. Hey, sounds good, Brother Shan. Not to mention, I lost a few pounds, so I'll look better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would be great. Sister Betsy, God bless you. Brother Joseph, God bless you. Love you all. We'll Thank see you all next time. You too. Okay, God bless. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night, my friend. Well, folks, uh, welcome. We're just getting started tonight. That's show one. And uh, we are back, praise God, every night, Monday through Friday. Hey, by the way, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. i give you a heads up. Tomorrow, we're doing some uh, day shows. Wednesday will be our day, typically, too. We do our uh, international programs. So let me tell you what we got coming up tomorrow. Plus, we're doing one with Ivory Hopkins okay let's see here he goes Uh, Wednesday the 3rd that's tomorrow right 9am Eastern Ivory Hopkins followed at 10 with Michael Cummins from England and then at 11 we're going to have Robert Avila from Sweden then a week from tomorrow Wednesday the 10th we're going to have Elvis Newhart back Michael Cummins and David Measures that will probably be uh, the pattern there every other week have all three of them on of course Michael Cummins so he comes on every week every Wednesday 10 a.m. Eastern that's 3 p.m. if you're in England so just a heads up there if you want to catch that live show tomorrow with Ivory Michael and Robert okay um, 
We've confirmed three dates for the demon hotline this year. That's where we take calls, cast out devils in Jesus' name. Uh, excuse me, three dates for this month, not this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I want to get to doing it every week, but I've got to get the people to do it. So uh, we're going to be having a demon hotline on Tuesday the 9th with Lou Young, 10 o'clock Eastern. We're going to have him back on the 23rd, Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. And also, Brother Victor Mrablag will be taking Friday the 19th, nine, excuse me, 8 to 10 Eastern. I hope we can get him on more Fridays. We were doing, trying to do every week. But um, people's schedules change, so I've told them I'll work around whatever your new schedule is, and we'll try to get them on more dates. So that's just for starters. Uh, we've got every 7 p.m. Eastern uh, this month filled, I think with the exception of the 31st. And I'm filling up the 8 and 9 and 10 o'clocks. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow we're going to have John Gogan, Michael Basham, two-hour special with Hank Groover, son of Henry Groover, the prayer walker. And uh, some great stuff. It's going to start building up in intensity as I hear back from people and get them booked. So well, we're back. Praise God. Now, um, I didn't get last night's shows uploaded for you because I hadn't slept all night uh, trying to get turned around into uh, daytimes over here for me. I've been working night shift for six months. Last night, uh, I went to bed about 11 o'clock, but I only slept three hours and I woke up. Heard the baby crying and then I, I just stayed up and couldn't go back to sleep, tried to. But I'm making that transition, so bear with me and my voice will come back when I uh, get more sleep. Okay. We're going to save this program, and I'll get last night was my point. I was going, where I was going with that. I'll get last night's plus tonight's shows uploaded today, and we'll get caught up. Plus, I have about four or five new reloaded programs for you. Classic shows remastered. We've got ten thousand of them, and uh, we're going to get them loaded for you bit by bit on our new platform, Podbean. Now, go to my website if you've got any questions about how you can tune in live or get the archives. OmegaManRadio.com is where you go, and that will give you everything you need. Plus, if you want the app, you can do it, or you can listen from a computer. Okay, let me save this. I've got a um, a great audio coming up for you from Joe Miles. I found among my archive of uh, Hegwish. And um, let's see what he has to say tonight. I think this will be a good message. Let's save this, so I'll be right back. Stand by to refresh. After every show, we save the show, and you're going to need to refresh. Here we go. <laughs> 